Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 10. This next few verses in the King James Version sound very confusing. And I've read and studied them in many different translations. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to clarify them for you as I see what they're saying. Remember, verse 8 and 9 says, By grace we're saved through faith. And yet our faith is a gift of God. It's not of works. We don't earn our salvation. We don't earn our faith. God has given everyone enough faith to believe. But not everybody chooses to believe. So verse 10 says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See, he wants us to to do good works, but the good works that we do are works that we let him do through us by the power of the Holy Spirit, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He ordained before we became a believer that we would walk in good works. And then he says, remember, in times past, we were Gentiles in the flesh, the Gentiles were called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Men were circumcised, the Jewish people, as a sign of the covenant that God made with them. And they called the, Jew, the Gentiles unclean. And in verse 12, at, at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope. That's what we were. That's what the Gentiles were. That's what we are without Christ, without God in the world. But there's our word again. Now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Those of us before we were saved, we were far from God. But because Jesus died and shed his blood, now we are brought close to him. In verse 14, he is our peace. Can you believe that? I just want to emphasize to those of you listening to this recording that we're studying the book of Ephesians to understand who we are in Christ Jesus, the doctrines that are described to us, for us, for us to profit and benefit. So here we sit in a time of trouble in the whole world. And I just would like to be honest with you. I'm concerned about the financial future of our nation when we begin Friday, two days away, to open up. Many people are bankrupt. Many people are without hope. But you and I should never be in a hopeless state emotionally because God has brought us near to himself, and he is our peace. And peace is the absence of conflict. There shouldn't be conflict in my mind 
though I am concerned because I I'm practical and I understand the situation and I'm old and I've been around a long time. But it says he is our peace. He has made us one and broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. You see, we are one. The believing Jews are one with us. And he says in verse 15, he has abolished in his flesh the enmity. He did away with the war between us. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain the new man, so making peace. Now that's a real complicated verse. But he broke down the barriers that keep us separated. And he brought us together. In verse 16, he might reconcile both unto God, Jews and Gentiles, in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, the division. He has reconciled us to God in one body the Jews and the Gentiles. And he came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Believing Jews, believing Gentiles, we through him have access by one spirit unto the Father. Who is the one spirit? The Holy Spirit. Who is the Father? God the Father. So now, Jew and Gentile have access by the Holy Spirit to God the Father. That means you, listener, have access to God the Father, who is the Lord of the universe. He owns it. He controls it. He takes care of those that live in it that are his. I'm stressing this because if our future does look bleak, if we get in financial stress, remember these verses. By the Holy Spirit, you're drawn near to God who owns everything and will provide our needs through his riches and glory. Now, therefore, what is that that word for? When you see the word therefore, remember it's there for a reason. And the reason the word is there, he wants you to look back and see what you've just learned, what you've just read. And he says, because... God has reconciled you to the Father through the Holy Spirit. You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizenships, fellow fellow citizens, sorry, with the saints and of the household of God. And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles. Now remember who the apostles were. 
they were those men that were taught by Jesus Christ himself. And they have, have spoken to us and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is the first stone laid in building a building. It's the one that gives it its strength and secures it. Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. We build our foundation on what the prophets and the apostles have taught us. And that's why we study the Bible. And then verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for the inhabitation of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, don't let that confuse you. All he's really saying is we're one body by the Holy Spirit. We have access to God the Father, and we're building our, on our foundation, which is the, he is the chief cornerstone, and the Word of God gives us the doctrine on which to build. Now, chapter 3, Paul says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles... For this cause, this is what he's doing. He's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, we all know that Paul was in prison in Rome, but he considers himself a prisoner of Christ. Christ is controlling him. He said, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, now that by revelation it should be made known unto me, the mystery. What is he talking about? Up until this time, people didn't understand the dispensation of grace. But God had explained that to Paul. And he says, now, remember what it says in chapter 2, verse 9 and 10? By grace are you saved. This is the period in time where Jesus Christ has given himself on the cross, shed his blood for you and me, and we just have to accept it. This is the period in which we live, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Mystery is something you didn't know before. In verse 5, in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his apostles and his prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promises in Christ by the gospel. We are, we are the same now, Jew and Gentile. You see, before this dispensation, it was the Jews' responsibility to take the gospel to the world. They rejected Christ. Christ set them apart. He has not rejected Israel, but he set them on the back burner, so to speak. And he's turned to us, and he's given us the responsibility 
to share the good news. Remember the verse we read after they heard? They had to hear before they could believe and receive. And he said, now Paul says, I am a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Why would he say that? Remember what he did. He killed believers. And he said, man, I am the least. I was the worst. But now I am a minister by the gift of God through his grace that I can go to to uh, preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And that's what Paul is telling us in all of his books in the, in the New Testament. He's speaking to us of the riches in Christ. So remember, you have a large bank account in heaven, and it's yours, but you have to withdraw it. In verse 9, he says, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things. What is the mystery? The grace of God, that now we are in him, and he is in us, and we have access to him. And then verse 10, he says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the wisdom of God. Who is the church? It's the body of believers. It's those of us who have accepted Christ as our Savior. And now we have the privilege of speaking the truth to the world. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was in great tribulation. He was in chains in a dungeon in Rome. And what does he say to the church at Ephesus? Hey, don't grieve over what's happening to me. God is in control of my life. And I bow my knee before the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And we'll conclude with verse 15, 16. He said, I would that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. We'll stop there. This is for all of us in this time. God is able, God is willing, and God desires to care for his own. Thanks for listening. God bless you.